o'clock and you're listening to the one two three show with me noreen mir on this tuesday afternoon let's uh, turn to our uh, tuesday feature of the week uh, this week Corey riches an australian born executive chef of the mariki hospitality group of hong kong tells food and drinks reporter andrew dembina how he rethought meal plans for the three restaurants he's been responsible for during the pandemic and how amazingly one restaurant completely changed its whole concept Hi, I'm Corey Riches. I'm the executive chef of Meraki Hospitality Group. We're currently sitting in Bedou Restaurant on Gough Street. And that's one of uh, three restaurants that you're in charge of, right? Yes. I mean, we have three in Hong Kong and one in Paris. We have Bedou, which is modern Middle Eastern. We have Umunoro, which is Brazilian Japanese. Then we have Mama Always Said, which is more home-style comfort food. Maybe even Umanota in Paris as well. When you say uh, home-style comfort food, is it a range of different cuisines that offer comfort? Exactly. I mean, it's just sort of food that you get cooked at home. It's nothing too fancy. It's like pastas, sandwiches, chicken wings, sharing style when we were open for dinner. That's the kind of style. I'm not a chef owner. I'm just an executive chef of the group. I joined to help open Bedou. And then after a year of working as the head chef here, I got promoted to executive of the company. I mean, in the past, I've been a head chef. I've been cooking for nearly 17 to 18 years. I've had my own cafe in London before. Yeah, it was like a Melbourne-style cafe. Because in the past, I ran uh, the kitchen of cafes like Seven Seeds in Melbourne, which were very prolific cafes yeah. that were roasting their own coffee. And I wanted to sort of mimic the ambience that they were doing. Uh, so it was a very clean interior and a simple, nice coffee. It was very popular. Yeah, I mean, I was approached to come and run Badu as the head chef, as is cuisine I'm quite familiar with. So after a year, you said, you ended up in the position you're in now, which is overseeing three restaurants. Is that something you've done before? I've overseen multiple restaurants at once, but never as directly in charge with us, like, as in I've always had a chef above. So in the time of COVID-19 that we've been in for the past seven months, not only have you had the challenge of getting yourself around these three different locations to check on operations in the kitchen and the restaurants, but you've had to re-plan the game, haven't you? I mean, it's very tough for everyone. I mean, in a sense, you have to manage the staff more because they're scared. There's less of a customer base coming in the times that you're open, um, and you have to try to alter the product that you're serving. So uh, how has that been, to go from items that were on the menu for sit-down customers that would have been okay if there were 30 seconds to a minute out of the kitchen and not wilting or spoiling? How have you had to change your items for the new system, particularly at dinner time, where for many weeks over a period of time on and off, people can't come in and dine in? I mean, we just had to alter the way we present and serve the food to the guests. We had to alter the rest, some of the recipes slightly, just so it lasted longer when it went to the guests. We kept a lot of things very similar uh, because they do last the distance, as this cuisine is quite good for them. Mm. We have commerce, our homemade bread. We have stuff like our lamb rack, which all travel really well. Okay. I mean, it's a challenge for some of the other venues because the product doesn't travel as well. You know, I feel stuff like pasta, that shouldn't be, it's not a very ideal item to be delivered. Um, our Brazilian Japanese place is more of an in-house restaurant. So it makes it very challenging what, to... Why is it. that? Just the style of food. You know, it's very vibrant, citrusy. Mm. Those things don't really travel as well. Those things are very citrusy. Brazilian Japanese, can you tell us a bit more about that? I've heard of Peruvian Japanese. Um, that's been a concept I've seen in a few places. How does it uh, work with Brazilian and Japanese? There was a huge amount of Japanese people that moved to Sao Paulo. Basically, they integrated into the culture. So there's quite a lot of Japanese people there. And... They mix the cuisines, and it's very nice. So, so are there some fusion dishes that have elements of, uh, you know, br- Brazilian and Japanese, or are they separate dishes? I would say currently on the menu, they are very mixed together. Um, moving into when we can open dinner, we'll be doing a new menu, which is more Japanese, slightly more Japanese-focused than yep. Brazilian, um, but they still keep the essence of both cuisines together. They do work very well. 
such as dishes where we have a teriyaki style octopus uh-huh. with uh, sweet potato, which is a, in a Brazilian way with potato, yeah. and then served with a very Japanese sauce, octopus cooked in a Japanese marinade. And, and that's a very popular dish in Sao Paulo. What's a popular dish here? I mean, we have to we adapt all the restaurants to our market as well. Yeah. I mean, you can't be super to what the actual country is. You have to adapt to the market you're in. So apart from choosing ingredients or the ways that you put things out, maybe in separate dishes so they won't won't spoil. Various other ways of getting your dishes out for takeaway orders now. Any other ideas that you've had during this COVID period? I mean, we do our meal plans, which are basically a set meal plan from Monday to Friday. Yeah. For either lunch or dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, we're very big on vegetarians, so we have a vegetarian menu and a normal menu. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's a pre-planned weekly meal plan for you. Um, it comes from each restaurant. So depending on the week, you have maybe ah. two days of Badu. Oh, that's pretty cool. Two days of Uma, one of Mama always said. Yeah. To kind of mix up the cuisines. Okay. So is that something you think you'll keep on after COVID? It's something we plan to, yes. I think it's very, very good for the guests. You know, it's very generous what we give to the guests. It's very nice for the kitchens to be able to play around a bit. Sounds like a great idea. What's the response been like? Very positive, yeah. especially from our regulars. We have a lot of return guests all reordering it. Um, we are into our third week and everyone is still reordering. That's pretty good though, something that something good that's come out of this mm. very challenging situation. Apart from the Meraki meal plan, as that's called, any other elements that you've had to change your style of operation that you might as well keep going after the pandemic disappears? I mean, there's been some specials that we've made for Umunoto that were just primarily for delivery that we yeah. made these dishes. I think with the feedback we're getting from the, these items, we'll keep them on right. as, as we're going, maybe adapt them slightly more for in-house. Yeah. They are super popular. I mean, they're more home-style Japanese food, so we're doing like our own uh, style of prawn and pork ramen. We're doing uh, chicken oh. karage. Very simple items, but we mix them with, uh, within ourselves. One of the amazing things about your group, I've got to say, a terribly brave thing to do in the face of the pandemic is to change the identity of one restaurant, Jalan, to the Mama Always Said that you mentioned before, which was uh, the comfort food concept. How tough was that during these times in both getting that change of, of what you needed to do within the restaurant and getting people to know about it? I mean, it's always very tough just normally. So it was very, yeah. very tough during the, the period. But I mean, in the end, it is a, a range of food that people are familiar with, yeah. um, that people enjoy. So we got very positive feedback from the change, which is very good. Yeah, We're all happy with what we've done, and it's very good. So finally, Corey, when things do get back to normal, I know we don't know when it's going to be yet, but fingers crossed it will be soon. What are you most looking forward to happening with your operations in these three different restaurants? Well, I mean, I always love cooking and seeing the guest reaction, so I can't wait to have the guests back inside. Yeah. Um, we've been planning seasonal changes all year before COVID, so as we can redo, I can't wait to change the menus um, and have this push forward. And then we were looking to start doing the dinners with Corey at uh, multiple venues, which were different regionals or seasonal uh, special menus. What, what kind of menus would they be? Well, I mean, it depends on the venue. But I mean, we were looking at doing a modern Australian dinner, and Mum always said. Huh. We're looking at doing a Chinese Middle Eastern style dinner here at Badu. That is very interesting. Mm. Chinese and Middle Eastern. Mm. Uh, what, what kind of dishes would be on that? I mean, it's really looking at what we did in our first year, which were very popular. We did like a char siu cauliflower. We did a um, plum uh, whole Chinese-style roast duck mm. with Middle Eastern-style accompaniments and pickles. Um, this thing, items like that. I mean, the reason we do this is because there is a crossover in uh, Middle Eastern cuisine. It is very amalgamated of different countries. You know, there is a mix of Chinese cuisine. There is a mix of Indian cuisine. That's, that is really interesting. I thought possibly from the old silk route of trading that there might have been those influences. I mean, possibly. I mean, I wasn't alive then, but uh, that's from what I understand, yes. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. Right. Well, good luck with uh, getting through this period. Sounds like you're on the right track from uh, making those bold changes with menus and so on, and uh, wish you luck. Thank you very much. 
And that was executive chef of Meraki Hospitality Group of Hong Kong, uh, Corey Riches. And he was talking to the 123 Show Tuesday food and drinks reporter, Andrew Dembina. Many thanks uh, once to you again, Anders. Mm-hmm.